Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me introduce our special guest tonight, T.J. Lubinsky, creator, executive producer, director of the most successful PBS pledge shows in history, Doo-Wop 50, many 50s and 60s Doo-Wop shows, classic R&B, classic soul, folk music programs. T.J., welcome to the program, my friend. George, it's an absolute pleasure. This this particular show, being with you, has been on my list for many years. Uh, it's just a thrill. Thrill to talk to you. I'm looking forward to this, and you have done some incredible work. I've counted nearly 50, maybe more, PBS programs you've done, right? Yeah, it's closer to 100 now. Oh, my God. I've missed a few, but yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I got, can I tell you a quick story, though, about how, how you influenced me one night, one foggy Sure. Night. Let's see. I was it. in um, driving. Now, I'm a New Jersey guy, and I live in Pittsburgh now. But I was driving through the desert for a, um, a conference, a PBS conference, and I'm driving in the car. Of course, I always listen to you. And around that time, maybe Art Bell came back for a week or so. Right. And you were on that night, and suddenly in the desert and under the stars, and the sky, all of a sudden I hear Nancy Sinatra singing Summer Wine <laughs> as part of your bumper music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you go, I go absolutely crazy for this. Can't find it on CD. Can't find it on record. Can't do anything. I, I, th- this was a moment. This was connecting with the universe. I've got to find this thing. So I ended up calling Nancy saying, listen, I know you don't want to come out and sing right now and be on one of the shows, but would you reconsider? Just one more time, I'm asking you. She said, no, but I'll send you the Lee Hazelwood song I did with him, Summer Wine. <laughs> I love it. It was great. It was, I love oh, it's it. It's like a James Bond kind of arrangement. Unbelievable. So, well, yeah. you talk about effect, too. Your grandfather, Herman, had a great effect on you, too, didn't he? Yeah. Well, he had a record label in the uh, 40s, uh, which is primarily gospel and jazz. So it was all those greats. You know, every big name you hear, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, all of them, they were on his label in Newark. Now, he was not a music guy, my grandfather. He was just a Jewish businessman, and he was in a lot of businesses. If he could figure out a way to make a buck, he would try to do that. So I, the music was around, but but it wasn't a direct connection. For me, for some reason, I always gravitated to the music of the 50s and 60s, and I grew up in the 70s, so that was always around, too. And so I, I, I can't explain it. I would hear songs, and it would harken back to like a, a, a haunting feeling of knowing a song that I never heard before. And then I would have to follow that song. I'd have to either go out and run to a record store or uh, eventually do the same when it came to bringing these artists on television. I have uh, had a great opportunity in my life, uh, TJ, to have met uh, the late Whitney Houston. I've met Stevie Wonder. We're friends with Pat Boone, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, John Fogarty, Barry McGuire, who sang the great song Eva Destruction. Just wonderful musical artists. I grew up in Detroit, so I had this Motown influence on me where so many incredible talent, thanks to Barry Gordy and company, just kept kept coming more and more and more. Have you realized that influence too? Very much so. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of started out as a doo-wop street corner guy because that was kind of the root, as my friend Jerry Butler would say. It's the root of the fruit from which all came. And then Motown. Once I heard Motown, I, I, that was me. That was my soul. That was my life. In particular, 
the miracles, Smokey Robinson, the miracles. I, I am a fanatic for, and I live for them. And so that led me discovering their music to get into all these situations, which eventually led me to have them on the show, of Smokey be on the show, get to know these artists very well, and then eventually to discover this thing we just did with um, this lost concert from 1965. Very much a Motown review type show. That's great. I, Pat Boone was telling me one day, he said they offered him the song Moon River, and he said, ah, I don't like it. Give it to the Andy Williams. Right. And you just said, and, but here's, this, here's a little uh, uh, postscript to that story. Jerry Butler actually recorded that first, and they released it. Uh, Andy did his own version, not really knowing about Jerry, and they released it two days before Jerry's hit the street, and Andy ended up having the big hit. But it was really Jerry Butler who did that first. That is amazing. Now, the music genre that you have really jumped into with the PBS comes after the Sinatra era, but how far after? Well, um, I see it's difficult to, to, to be specific with that because I started, you know, maybe six or seven years after that. But then, because of the success of all that, I was able to go back to the 40s and 50s with all the great pop artists. And that also included uh, Sinatra when he was in big bands. So we've done big band shows, we've done 50s pop shows, and it all led to this kind of journey of, of discovery, just by being open and aware. You got a new TV show that uh, debuts uh, Saturday, tomorrow. It's What's Happening Baby on PBS. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But... Uh, how did you become so prolific with all this? How did this start for you? Honestly, George, uh, and you know, I, I I don't talk about this on public television because I'm there for a specific reason to raise money for um, for all the good that the stations do. But right. I just am open to my my instincts. I let my my gut take me, and I find that if you're aware, um, amazing things will happen. And, and so many examples of that. And to me, it was I was in the right place at the right time. A song would come on the radio. Maybe that song should have been played because it wasn't in their rotation. It led me to find the recording, which then led me to find the artist, and so many other situations like that uh, that go much deeper and deeper over the past 25 years nationally and 30 years uh, before that in local situations. So uh, the music always came to me. You have tapped into that force that we have talked about in this program so often, deep within yourself, uh, whether some people want to call it spiritual, but you have found it and you have followed it, and your instincts are incredible, and it's working for you. Well, uh, I think it starts with setting the intention. Um, and keep in mind, yeah, I'm a nice Jewish boy <laughs> who grew up in Bradley Beach, but I'm also half Methodist. And, you know, to me, God is God. Whatever way you get there, you get there. So spirituality is really the right word. And, and of course, I take a lot from the Buddhist philosophy as well. And um, what would happen to me, uh, I'll just give you an example. Sure. Um, I would be in my, my radio studio. I always did radio shows at the same time as TV and suddenly a CD would fall off the shelf. Okay, so it's just a loose shelf, and the CD fell on the floor, you say to yourself. But it would happen two more times. Uh -huh. So I'm like, mm, all right, I'm getting some kind of message here. I better, <laughs> I better you know, put this in the CD player and see what happens. Put it in the player. It's Betty Everett with Jerry Butler singing an old Everly Brothers song called um, Let It Be Me. Great song. 
And it was such a beautiful arrangement. And, you know, I started crying. I mean, really crying. It was a very emotional experience. So then I'm figuring I'm getting some kind of message here. I got to do so. I have to follow up on this. So I do um, a Google search at three in the morning and happened to spell Everett the wrong way. And it led me to a guy who was her next door neighbor in a trailer park in Chicago. And she hadn't performed for 40 years. Everybody said she was dead. The record company said she was dead. Uh, there was no one accepting royalties for her. And so this became a real immediate mission that I had to find this person. And so I talked to Jerry Butler about it. I said, you know, would you would you go back with Betty for this? He's like, if you can find her because no one's seen her. And here she was uh, living next door to this neighbor who I just happened to reach. <laughs> At a 4 a.m. phone call. Like, hey, you don't know me, but... <laughs> That's fantastic. And we found her. She came on the show the first night. She had uh, she had some demons, because she hadn't been on the show uh, performing at all uh, for 40 years. She hadn't sang in 40 years. And she was very nervous and uh, very scary. She went to the hospital, and she almost flatlined twice. Uh, the next day, uh, basically, we just um, had someone be there with her the whole time and watch her and try to comfort her. She takes Jerry's hand on stage. They sing this beautiful song together, Let It Be Me. And two weeks later, she's dead. Oh, my God. So, you know, um, that's how it's always worked for me. It's just by listening and following and doing. It's that, And you feel that in your gut, don't you? It's exactly where I feel it. Or... Yeah. And when I know when it's really right, in the back of my neck is just a feeling that comes in. I can't describe it. It's euphoric, but it tells me I'm on the right path and that I'm not letting my ego drive the situation. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.